Okay, so this is going to be a quick one what? about the Megillah. Maybe we'll still get to the Parsha thing also, maybe not, we'll see. Um, we start in Sefer Daniel, which I didn't expect to actually be able to do this part of it, so I didn't bring you, Daniel, on the sheet, but I'll, I'll remind you of the, uh, the story. Daniel and other youths are captured by Nebuchadnezzar. This is before the Beis HaMekdash is destroyed, when they exile the leadership of the Jewish people. We call them the Chereshu Masger. And they end up in his court. He says, I want these young men from Judea to be brought before me, and they will stand in my court, but they have to be trained. So they go through this training period. They have to learn the language. They have to learn the script. They have to be mature, able to stand in the court for many, many hours. Um, and during this process, they're going, to, they're going to eat. And the story is, as found in the first parak in Daniel, that um, the king wants them to eat what's called patibaga. Patibaga means the bread and meat from the king's table. Pati, like pat, or pita, as we you know, uh, often call it, is bread. And the baga is the rest of the food from the, uh, from the table. Daniel and Hananiah, Mishal, and Azariah are there in this, uh, you know, in this situation. And Daniel says, we're not eating. Not eating the food from the, uh, from the king's table. The problem is that if he doesn't eat the food from the king's table, he's going to get killed. So he says to the king's agent, who is supposed to be bringing the food to the guys, he says, listen, you can take the food home to your family. You can do something else with it. Just, you know, we, we're just going to have seeds. The, um, you know, is there a Tanakh here? It's, it's worthwhile for me to read it out. The, um, thank you. I remember the Patigada. Yeah. Okay. Didn't we talk about the Patigada? Yeah, well, there, we talked about at the time what comes up later in the story. Later in the story, I'll just tell it outside of it because it's not so relevant for the Esther part. Um, Do you need a or just a Daniel? Um, a Daniel is fine. Thanks. So what happens in the story is that he first says to the king's agent, I just want the, um, I, I don't want the food, we're just going to have seeds. And the king's agent says, no way, because they're going to see that you're malnourished and I'm going to get my head chopped off. He's working for Nebuchadnezzar. So he refuses. So then they go to another Agent. There we go. The, um, yeah, he said to the Mechiyab Temes, Roshila Melech, you are going to make me liable to the king. So Daniel turns to a different agent. The agent is known as Hameltzar here, which leads people to think that the word Meltzar means waiter. waiter. Although, as I think it's the Dot Mikra edition points out, Hameltzar might have been the person's name. He turns to Hameltzar. The hey is not the, it's part of his name. The, um, in any case, the, um, this fellow is also part of the hierarchy in charge of Daniel, Hanani, Mishal, and Azariah. And he says to him, listen, test us for 10 days and let's see what happens. We're just going to eat the seeds. We're going to drink water. And if we look just like everybody else, then we're fine. And, the, um, and this fellow listens to them. And, uh, and sure enough, after 10 days, they look wonderful. And this guy, Hameltzar, is, you know, taking the food away and giving them the seeds. And that was the discussion that we had when we learned this of, is that an ace? That, you know, they're fine even though they're just having seeds and water? Or is this diet actually better for you? I forget if it was even Ezra or Barbanel. Yeah. One of them said, no, yeah, this is a diet that's good for you. Yeah. What kind of seeds so it just says zero nim, just says seeds. Yeah. Just says seeds. Yeah. 
Actually, it's a zero im, I should say. That was like a, a kosher thing? Yeah. Well, no, sorry. That's a big question. Um, Dina is asking, right, no, Dina asks, why is Daniel taking a stand regarding the food? Like, is that your thing now? Is that is this a kashras thing? So it's usually understood that this is not necessary. The Gemara discusses it as a potential kashras thing. The Gemara does have the discussion. But most Mepharshim assume that this is, we are proud Judeans. They're actually descendants of the royal line. We don't eat sk- scraps from Nebuchadnezzar's table. And this is our way to take a stand, even though it's, you know, quasi-passive-aggressive in the sense that, like, Nebuchadnezzar doesn't even know. Yeah. He doesn't know that they're not eating it. Like, who you're making your stand for. Nonetheless, we're making a stand because Nebuchadnezzar controls everything else about them. He changes their name. He tells them where they're going to be. They're working on his schedule. They have to learn Babylonian, you know, I mean, Persian, I should say. Um, I thought for sure it was the cautious thing. Sorry, no, it's Nebuchadnezzar. It's Babylonian, not Persian. Sorry? Yeah, no, there is an idea. I, I don't want to diminish that. But, and it's going to matter. It's going to, well, it's going to matter now in the Esther story because this is all background. This is all Daniel. Now, you think about the Esther story. And the Pasuk in Esther, in Perak Beis, I didn't bring it on the sheet. Again, I wasn't thinking that we were actually going to get to this. But, um, but in Esther, Perak Beis, it says, Sorry, before that. It says, Hegeh, who is in charge of all of these women, gives her the best manot. Manot is a term that we know from the end of the Megillah to refer to portions of food. He gives her the best Food. So what does the best food mean? So take a look at source number seven, where actually brings you the Pasuk. He gave her and he gave her maids the best in the women's residence. So Rab says he gave her Jewish food. The um, you know which we assume means kosher food, which presumably means that Esther told him that she was Jewish, because otherwise how is he getting her kosher food? Um, but according to Rav, there's some deal going where Heget is giving kosher food to her. Shmuel says, no, he fed her the, he fed her the necks of pigs, Davka Treif. That's how Rashi reads it. The Aruch actually says on this, the Aruch is one of those we're going to be talking about as the bridge from the Gonim to the Rishonim, Rabbi Nassan of Rome. He actually says, Chaziri here is like Chazeres. It's lettuce. He's giving her lettuce. I assume they checked it for bugs. The, um, but, um, but that's what he's, uh, that's what he's giving her is, um, is lettuce. And then, um, the next part of it, um, Rabbi Yochanan Amar Zer Onim. Rabbi Yochanan says it's seeds. Vechenu Omer, and he quotes the Pasuk that I just read to you, that Hamel Tsar, this waiter perhaps, um, is taking away the pati baga, but no silam zero name, and he gave them seeds. That's his proof? What? That's Rabbi Yochan's proof that it must have been seeds? What's the problem? Why couldn't it be? There's nothing that's the same. No, that's not the, that's not the proof of anything. What, what, that's not the problem. What's the problem? What, is this Pasuk about Esther? No. No, this is Daniel's Pasuk. You're telling me that Hegeh gives Esther seeds because Hamel Tsar gave Daniel seeds. No. Where did that? The same who am I? is an example, and like, just like it says in Daniel. But it's but two separate stories. Assuming she wanted the same thing. So Alina, I'm going to ask you to wait on that idea. No, you're right. The the so I understand the idea that when it says that her food is tov, that would mean that it's you know kosher food. 
I can understand them saying that he's feeding her treif as well, because as they understood nutrition, you know, that's, they think that's good for you. But why would it mean seeds, and why are we shoehorning, you know, Esther into Daniel or Daniel into Esther? So part of this, you could say, is what we call intertextuality, where there's a pasuk here in this book, there's a pasuk here in that book, and we can link the two stories and, and, and connect them and learn something. But I think there's a lot going on here. It could just be there are a lot of parallels between Daniel and Esther, right? I think I gave a sheer at some point years ago for us about Jews in foreign palaces and the Yosef, Daniel, yes, and Esther yes, models. Thank yeah. you. Of, of how all three of them. So, um, so there are a lot of parallels. They're both described as being very attractive. Like there, there's a lot going on um, between Daniel and Esther. But I think it's more than that. I think it's about Daniel's meddling. Daniel is still around after the Persian conquest. If you remember when we learned Daniel, we saw that the first six prakim of Daniel are all stories, and then the last six are all these weird nevuos or quasi-nevuos um, that, that Daniel is having about the future. The first five, the first four prakim are solidly during the time of Nebuchadnezzar, ending with Nebuchadnezzar going feral when he's wandering out in the forest and then he comes back. That's the first four prakim. The fifth parak is the story of Nebuchadnezzar's son or grandson, Belshazzar, who is the king who sees the writing on the wall during his party and is then killed by the Persians, Persians and Medes. Maybe. And then the sixth parak is the story of Daryavesh Hamadi this Mede king, Darius, who no one knows who he is. By the way, I don't know if you saw the news article that they discovered in Israel, a shard with the engraving of the name Daryavesh on it. Wild. They, uh, I love the way they save these discoveries until right before the holiday when it's relevant. <laughs> it's always like that. Um, but yeah, it's a bizarre story. The kind of story that you read then, and you're like, no way. It's um, like, it, it's Netanyahu's like chief, oh, no, it's not Netanyahu, it's President Herzog, his chief of staff or something was wandering in some um, archaeological park and he discovered it. Like, it. The whole story, frankly, sounds strange. Like, the article says it sounds strange, but it doesn't matter for our purposes because we don't know which Darius they would be. There are a lot of Dariuses floating around. But the point is this, that the sixth parak is the story of this King Daryavesh who likes Daniel very much but the people conspire, the other counselors conspire against Daniel, and he ends up being thrown into the lion's den, which he, of course, survives. And then, silence. We don't know how long Daniel survives, except that um, we know in the first paragraph of Daniel, it actually says he's around until year one of Cyrus, and then we don't know. It doesn't say he died. It doesn't say what happened. There are midrashim about what happened to him. So take a look at source number eight, where Rashi in Daniel says to you, this is what happened. And we're running out of time, so I'm going to just read out my English translation. According to the view that Hatach is Daniel, right, in Megillus Esther, Hatach, Hasach, is the one who carries messages back and forth between Esther and Mordechai. So according to the view that Hasach is Daniel, and he was called Hasach because he was cut down, Chathuhu, he lost his status, we must say this was Cyrus I from before Achashverosh. Daniel was around in the king's palace until Cyrus I, who precedes Achashverosh, and then after that he loses his status, and now he's just a member of the court as Hasach. According to the view, on the other hand, that he's called Hatach because all of the throne's matters were cut on his word. In other words, he's still in power. 
that means that he's around in the court until Darius II, who is the one who's after Ahasuerus, the one people think is the son of Ahasuerus and Esther. The, um, and according to that, he is around and in the king's court during the time of Esther. Correct. That's not in jail. Not in jail. So either way, would either read in this Gemara, Daniel is around. The only question is, does he have a lot of standing? The second view? Or is he only Hatach? Well, someone's doing the substitution. But the, um, but perhaps what our Gemara is suggesting is that Daniel taught Esther and arranged things for her. Esther is being given food, right? Good food. What does that mean? Daniel is working behind the scenes to make sure that she's able to get in here. It really would fit the kosher idea. It would be, you know, he's arranging for her to be able to eat kosher food. And that would fit with what we said about, well, we didn't say it. This is what I said in an earlier year, separately, that the um, Mordechai sits in the Megillah at Sha'ar HaMelech, the gate of the king. According to many commentators, Sha'ar HaMelech is actually like an honored place. How does Mordechai end up with an honored place? Some suggest Daniel is the one who gets him a spot at Shar HaMelech. Last note. The, um, Daniel was not part of the Chachamim that ordered Vashti to be killed. No, he he's not part of the king's council. No. Yeah. So one last note, though, I think is very interesting that connects to this. Um, take a look on the sheet. What am I looking at here? Yes. Um, source number 10. Number 9 is just the Gemara and Megillah about him being called Hatach. But, but take a look at number 10. This is the Ramah, talking about what we eat on Purim. Some say you should eat seeds on Purim, right? That's where Hamantashen come from. You know that, right? Hamantashen are not about Haman's hats. There's nothing to do with that whatsoever. It's Hamantashen are really Muntashen. Mun is poppy seeds. Tashen is pockets. Yeah, no, that's, that gets thrown in afterwards. So, and he, and he doesn't call them anything. He just says to eat seeds. Why? To remember the seeds that Daniel and his friends ate in Babel, and he's quoting the Kolba, which provides you know, um, Ashkenazi Minhagim, Ravarana Kohen of Narbon. Sorry, what? They're, they should be connected. It's really funny. The Ramah doesn't even mention Esther. Right. Even though the Gemara says that she's eating it. He mentions only Daniel. The Prichadash is a commentator on the Shulchan Aruch. Um, and he says, I don't really understand. And the Mishnah Brura says, oh, by the way, Esther ate seeds also. Just yeah, just like that. I think the Ramah is saying it because Daniel is a case when we know it actually happened. It's not like, you know, we're, we're supposing that her good food, whatever, like Machlokas in the Gemara. But also, I think, because Daniel may have been the one who generated this. He's the one who actually enabled it. But what's the Shaykh of the Purim, then? The Shaykh of the Purim is that Esther ate it. Right, but he's quoting just that Daniel ate it. Yeah, it's still like, why didn't you say so? I'm still bothered by the fact that he doesn't well, say it so. Could, it could be he, he thinks that seed diet is the ultimate diet. Like, it doesn't bother him so much. Good would be seed. Yeah, no, but the question oh, but is, why, why doesn't he mention Esther? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, strange. So, so, so. It is strange. That I can't answer.